BridgeBank helps breakthrough ideas actually break through and remains dedicated to providing financial solutions to those committed to leveraging innovation to make the world a better place. BridgeBank, a division of Western Alliance Bank. BridgeBank. Be bold. Venture wisely. Hi there. I'm Randa Fattah from ThruLine. If you're listening to this podcast, you know that KQED produces exceptional storytelling that keeps you informed, inspired, and entertained. Their podcasts cover issues from your neighborhood to the entire country and everything in between. Support this work today. You can help us continue to bring quality podcasts to your ears. Just head to donate.kqed.org slash podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast. From KQED. This is the California Report. Good morning. I'm Saul Gonzalez in Los Angeles. U.S. immigration officials are expressing confidence in the state of things at the U.S.-Mexico border. That after the Trump-era Title 42 program ended last week. It prevented migrants from seeking asylum in the U.S. And now some are worried that tens of thousands of people who've gathered at the border will now petition for asylum. On CNN's State of the Union show yesterday, Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas said there were 6,300 border encounters Friday that dropped to 4,200 on Saturday. We have communicated very clearly a vitally important message to the individuals who are thinking of arriving at our southern border. There is a lawful, safe, and orderly way to arrive in the United States that is through the pathways that President Biden has expanded in an unprecedented way. And then there's a consequence if one does not use those lawful pathways. As Title 42 ended last week, I went to the border. Hundreds of migrants from all over the world were, and still are, camped out in a field along a border fence between San Diego and Tijuana. The conditions there are miserable, with a single portable restroom, little food, and no shelter. All of the migrants, including children, were sleeping on the ground without tents. They included Diana Rodriguez, 30 years old and traveling with two other women for safety. She says she fled her native Colombia because of few economic opportunities and growing violence. We want the opportunity to show that we aren't bad people. We have good hearts, and if people take the opportunity to get to know us and get to know our stories, they would not reject us or treat us with hate or xenophobia just because we're immigrants. We're doing this for our children, our family, for a better future and more security for them. A few steps away from Diana, I met Ricardo Aguirre, who lives about a mile from the border wall and came over to check out the scene. He says he's an immigrant himself, but doesn't want Title 42 to end. We're afraid. Uh, we don't know what's going to happen. We, we fear that a lot of people is going to go across and we don't feel safe. We got a family at home, we got kids at home, and we don't feel safe. Uh, of course, should be a lot of good people that want to cross, but that's a lot of criminals. But immigrant rights advocates say the U.S. has a legal and moral responsibility to hear asylum claims and treat asylum seekers well. They also accuse the Biden administration of creating obstacles for people seeking asylum. At the border wall, I talked about that with Lillian Serrano of the Southern Borders Community Coalition. And what we're seeing is families, uh, people who are sick, uh, people who are coming from all over the world 
who are coming to the United States, uh, exercising their human right of seeking asylum. Um, and what it's happening is once they touch U.S. soil, our own domestic laws, but also our international treaties indicate that they should be allowed the opportunity to present their case. But what we are seeing is that they're being left outside. Uh, they're spending the night outdoors. They don't have access to food, to water, yet um, Border Patrol will not let them leave. Uh, they're coming in a daily, doing counts, indicating to them that there will be process, but just not when. Um, we don't we don't see a, a necessarily a pattern of how things how people are being processed. They just arrive and indicate to the migrants that they will be taking 20, 100 people. Um, they're going to take family units or single adults. And take them where right now? So they're being taken to reprocess. They will not disclose the specific locations where they're being taken. Some people will be detained in immigration facilities. Some people will be released to shelters and others will be just released on the streets. And that's the best you can hope for, right? That that's kind of the best result for them, for these migrants, if that happens. The best results for these migrants is to be uh, allowed the opportunity to start their asylum process and be taken to a shelter. And what's the worst result with the end of Title 42? That the government will assume that they don't have an asylum claim and will start immediate deportations. What uh, the ports of entry had indicated to us that they will be able to process about a thousand people per day collectively. That means from San Diego to Bronzeville, about a thousand, maybe a little more, maybe a little less in a daily basis. That's not even a fraction of what we the need is in just one location. All right, Lillian Sorano with the Southern Border Communities Coalition. Thanks for talking to me. Yeah, thank you for talking to me. Hi, I'm Sasha Coca, host of the California Report magazine. Every week, we bring you stories about what connects us in the giant, diverse Golden State. Because what happens in California changes the world. I love this place. We were once seen as, like, the place to be California. The land of milk and honey. That's where you go to Sunshine State. But we just have challenges right now. KQED's California Report magazine. New episodes drop every Friday, wherever you get your podcasts. Hey there, this is Brittany Luce from NPR's It's Been a Minute. KQED's podcasts like The Bay, Bay Curious, Mind Shift, Right Nowish, and more all tell the stories of the Bay and beyond with reliable, human-centered journalism. They aim to inspire, make you think, entertain, and expand your understanding of the place you call home. Here's how you can support podcasting at KQED. Showing your support is easy, and you can join Brittany in supporting KQED Podcast too at donate.kqed.org slash podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast. Let's turn to education. The Oakland Unified School District and the union representing its teachers have reached a tentative deal on a new contract, ending a strike that began on May 4th. The agreement still has to be voted on by union members. Schools will be open today, but full instruction won't start up again until tomorrow. The deal includes a 15.5% pay raise for most teachers. The union also agreed with the district on several social and educational reforms, including reparations for black students and resources for unhoused students. With the Hollywood writer strike almost in its third week, a major issue for the writers is how studios want to use artificial intelligence in screenwriting. Jeff Snyder is the editor-in-chief of Above the Line, a website that focuses on the entertainment industry. He says studio executives are already exploring the role of AI in future script writing. 
I'd heard that there were lists of public domain titles. You know, these are books, other things that were written a long, long time ago, and they're not under, not necessarily copyright, but like they can be freely adapted for, for film and television due to the laws in our country. Um, and so, you know, that's what I'm told that executives are going to be looking at to start with this AI stuff rather than asking AI to create a, an original screenplay from scratch. Snyder says it's important to note AI will not completely replace script writers. Writers will be hired to edit the first drafts. But the Writers Guild of America has argued that this will mean far fewer work hours for union members with less pay. Snyder says it's unlikely any studio would actually use AI until the strike is resolved. And that's the California Report for Monday, May 15th. We're a production of KQED Public Radio. I'm your host, Saul Gonzalez. Thanks so much for listening, and have a good morning. Support for the California Report comes from Hint. Fruit-infused water with no sugar or diet sweeteners with more than 25 flavors, including watermelon and pineapple. In stores or delivered from HintWater.com. The James Irvine Foundation, committed to a California where all low-income workers have the power to advance economically. Learn more at Irvine.org. And Eric and Wendy Schmidt, whose philanthropy includes 11th Hour Racing, working to connect sustainability with sport to help restore ocean health. On the web at 11thHourRacing.org. Hey, it's Avery Truffleman, host of Articles of Interest, and I've got to say, I've been a fan of KQED ever since I was a little kid, and I would come out to San Francisco to visit my grandma. It was just what we'd always turn on every time we got in the car, every time we were making dinner and turning on the radio. It was always KQED. And then over the years, I've become a massive fan of KQED podcasts because this is local reporting at its best. These are answers to questions you've always wanted to know, interviews with exciting, unusual voices, necessary journalism, all told with love and care and artistry. And did you know that a majority of KQED's funding actually comes from members? It's just people like you and me supporting the programs they love while also getting access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. If you want to sign up and be a part of this amazing community, visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to become a member today. That's podcasts with an S. Thank you for listening, and thank you for your support.